And I would say if you're going to build a retirement plan, why don't we build it off of kind of where you're at today? You can always dial it back if you can't make it there or if you actually don't end up living that similar type of lifestyle for some reason. Welcome to the All Things Retirement Podcast with certified financial planner, Anthony Alpha. Here's your host, Ben George. Well, glad to be back with you again. Anthony, how's your, your summer going so far? Summer is going uh, really well. My daughter just started walking. So oh, congratulations. Uh, yeah, thank you. So it's been a lot of fun to uh, watch her continue to develop and you know have more and more personality. So that's that's been a lot of fun. I don't know if I ever got an update from you on her first birthday because that was all what about a month ago or so. How did that turn out? Yeah, I mean we didn't do anything with the um, with the family yet. We're actually tentatively having something in August. Uh, things were a little bit more uh, shakier in New Jersey at that time. Yeah. So it was just Dana and myself and we had a, you know, a good time. We had a photographer come out. We took some pictures in a park and did some birthday cake, a smash cake photos. And then we went in a, a pool. So it was a good Very time. Cool. She, she really loves the water. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, thanks Glad for asking. To, yeah. You know, wish her a happy birthday from the podcast, uh, and and uh, we'll look forward to hearing her next milestones as she crosses mm-hmm. them throughout the rest of this year. Well, today, look, we're we're going to talk about clinging to false hope, and you know, I don't know how often you have people come into your office for the first time, Anthony, and sit down, and maybe they feel like they're in pretty good shape because of maybe some different indicators they're basing their portfolio off of. Does it happen a lot where somebody comes in and, and they say they're in pretty good shape, but when you start peeling back everything? doesn't really appear that way? Yeah, I, I would say that a lot of people who we meet from our retirement workshops, uh, we usually have an offer to do some analysis for them. And a lot of people do come in that are looking for some verification that they are on the right track and stuff like that. Um, definitely do come in. And a lot of times they are correct. And there's also plenty of times where people maybe haven't factored in everything, all things retirement, um, if you will, when they done some of their own, I guess, calculations or looked at certain indicators. Well, today we're going to talk about those things and, and provide you with a little bit of information in terms of some of the, the faulty thinking and the beliefs that people have that, that lead them down this path of, of false hope. We don't want you to get to retirement and be underprepared, and that's going to be the goal for today's podcast. But first, before we get started, we got a little headline, a little in the news uh, topic to bring to you, Anthony. And I thought this was interesting. There's a new term out there now. I don't know if you've heard this yet, but it's called the Corona purchase. As you can imagine, it's people sitting around the house, bored, either they're on Amazon or they want to try a new project or whatever it is. People are using this time to make some pretty large purchases. I mean, I'm talking boats, cars, pools, house projects, pretty significant stuff. So which side of the fence are you on on this? Is, Is it okay right now to maybe splurge a little bit? maybe for your sanity or because you're saving a little bit of money that you wouldn't, did you normally be spending elsewhere? Or is this a time where really you should be practicing that financial discipline and learning to kind of work well within that budget? I've always told people we're not, I am not in the business of telling people how to live. So I I think generally people know whether or not that they should be making these types of purchases most of the time. I just think it's just hard for me to just say, you know, how somebody should be living. And it's, it's occasionally is requested by a client to tell me like how I'm doing budgeting. I just, 
you know, I, I'm more of a, Hey, I'll tell you if this budget kind of works with what you're bringing in and, you know, are you racking up credit card debt and stuff like that, which you know are indicators that no is more closer to that answer. But I think it's just tough right now being kind of locked in your house, bored, uh, looking for some things to do differently. And, you know, obviously a boat or a pool or projects around the house are things that are just striking up that you can do, you know, with your family or in a small group at this time. So, you know, generally I would say, yeah, you know, if you can afford it, it is, I think, okay. And, you know, maybe you're not spending on that vacation that you had planned that was maybe $5,000. So doing a home reno maybe is a swap there. So hopefully it's not about keeping up with the Joneses and more about finding something to do with the family together. And as long as you can afford it, yeah, I mean, that's the money's there for to be able to live. And, um, you know, hopefully it's not hurting your long-term financial success in doing so. And I think that's really where you shouldn't be doing it. Have you had many clients come through your office or talk to you and say, hey, I'm thinking about buying X or, or Y. What do you think? We've had a couple of people that had planned to buy a retirement home and uh, two of them have kind of just postponed and just put it on hold. Uh, they put down like small deposits, uh, refundable deposits. But overall, you know, I think that most of our, our clients will do the thing that makes the most sense to them and, and they're all right. And, you know, I generally have an optimistic view of, of individuals. So, well, that's a good, that's a good approach to have anyway, uh, just to, to life, honestly, be, to be uh, optimistic like that and trust people. I mean, that's what they're, they got to this position. You can only do so much for them. It's, you know, they, they ultimately know how they feel about something. Yeah. And it's their money. They work for it. So uh, that's a good perspective to have on that headline, but a lot of Corona purchases being made right now. So let's move into our main discussion, reason why we're here today on all things retirement, and that's retirement readiness. How ready are you? Are you clinging to false hope? You know, we often find that people are clinging to certain ideas or beliefs that end up giving them a sense of false hope about their retirement, and that's a dangerous position to be in. So let's explore some of the, the faulty thinking that ultimately leaves people underprepared for retirement. Uh, the first thing on our list today to get into is is the mindset that there's a certain number that you want to reach, that once you hit that number, you know, I think a million dollars, a lot of people throw out there. Once I hit a million dollars in my savings account, I'm good to go. I think that if you even look at some of the advertising, I forget, it's been a little while. I don't know if it was like Prudential or ING. I think they used to say, you know, what is your number, right? Uh, maybe Fidelity. Yeah, also yeah I think it was Fidelity, maybe. But um yeah, I think it's not just, you know, how much you save, but it's, you know, what you spend. So you really got to understand the whole equation there. And, you know, just having the, a certain number in mind for savings is only part of the equation. So you really got to understand the all points of it and what you need coming in and think about maybe other goals, short and long term, where it might eat away at some of that money and not just be thinking about this, you know, one exact number. And I, I think that that's just numbers at the end of the day when it comes to not just a savings goal, but even like age. I mean, I think in some ways, retirement is like an unnatural thing. And it's just like, hey, you get to 65 and you should retire or 62 or, you know, you're social security eligible or Medicare eligible. And yeah, I think sometimes that these numbers what or a certain nesting number are maybe signify that you can retire, but it's just one of those unnatural things. And retirement is just much more of a dynamic thing today. And 
it means different things to different people. So I, you know, I generally wouldn't rest it on a number uh, per se, but it's nice to know if at least you're financially independent um, based off of a certain amount of savings for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the next uh, problem you might have, reason that you might have a little bit of false hope for retirement is the idea that, look, as you're trying to prepare for retirement income needs and, and figure that out, you know, a lot of people just assume or have that belief that once you get to retirement, your income needs are going to drop. They're going to decrease actually once you retire, but that's not always the case, right? Uh, this is one of those that I will uh, plan a foot here uh, when we come to this point in our kind of our retirement projection discussion, when people kind of say something along the lines like, you know, what we're making now, we're definitely not going to need a retirement. And perhaps that is the case, but I just really need to understand and make sure that we're basing a plan that's realistic. And if you're, this happens quite often, but somebody who is used to living off of say $20,000 a month or $250,000 a year, and they'll say, you know, we only need about uh, $8,000 a year in income or, you know, call it a hundred thousand dollars. And I, I just need to understand how we're going to get there from, from 250 to 40 to 100. And also why don't, have you tried that before? Right. So if you're used to this type of lifestyle, at, you know, 20,000 a month, have you tried living on half of that before you base your retirement plan off of that? And I've had couples say, yeah, you're, you're right. There's really no way uh, we're ever going to be able to live off of that number. And I would say if you're going to build a retirement plan, why don't we build it off of kind of where you're at today? You can always dial back if you can't make it there or if you actually don't end up living that similar type of lifestyle for some reason. So that's kind of where I usually go with that conversation and, and certainly not uncommon. I, I think at the end of the day, we're just creatures of habit and it's going to be difficult for people to really change their lifestyle if they don't have to. Yeah, I'd agree with that as well. Um, how about inheritances? How often do you come across someone that maybe is looking ahead to the future and, and maybe they have some gaps, you know, some income gaps somewhere and they're trying to piece together, you know, what they need for retirement. And they have the kind of the assumption that they're going to get an inheritance at some point And that inheritance is going to kind of make up for any shortfalls they have. I don't come across this one too much. I do come across some people saying we'll probably get an inheritance, but we should, and I usually will say, we should we keep that out of the plan? And I would say 99 times out of 100, everyone has said, yeah, keep it out of the plan. I've had a couple of people who maybe have some type of trust fund or trust income, or that they get some type of, you know, monetary gift from a family member on a yearly basis that um, has been maybe factored in at times. But I don't know how you can just assume, you know, you're going to know when somebody's internal clock is set to run out. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes that money that you're planning to get from an inheritance maybe gets spent or plans change, or maybe it actually wasn't written into the will. And so maybe it doesn't actually happen. So I, I probably wouldn't base my retirement success on that. Well, there's some people too, when they, when they, uh, whether they're trying to financially plan or, or budget or whatever it is, they just kind of, they feel comfortable just winging it. And there's a lot of people that maybe have the notion that they're just going to figure it out. They're going to figure out a way to make it work. Once they get to retirement, they need to cut back in spending, whatever it is they need to do, they're going to figure it out. But that is a, a very difficult approach to take to retirement, right? I think so. But, you know, obviously I do this for a living, but I, I, you know, I guess it is always an option that you can try to figure it out and you can make it work and 
reduce your spending. But, you know, I, I'd equate that to like going out and buying a home and not getting an inspection done. Because even when you get an inspection and the report comes back telling you about some of the issues with the house when they do the walkthrough, you know, even so, there's going to be a bunch of other issues with that house at the end of the day. And so, you know, why would you want to go into buying a house, which is obviously a large investment at the end of the day, with blinders? And I would say it's no different than retirement. You know, get an idea of where you're headed if you keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, addressing some of the potential issues today will give you a lot more options now than if you kind of wait. And I think the other thing that kind of holds this up at times of figuring out how to make it work is that people don't really like getting like overwhelmed with, I think, comprehensive planning at times. And it doesn't always have to be so comprehensive to put down some numbers and round figures and do something called like say planning light where it's not overwhelming just to get an idea if you're like on the right path and maybe some potential roadblocks that you might want to address, maybe not now, but at some point near in the future. So you don't have to just like figure it out and wing it. Well, the last one I want to, I want to talk about that might give somebody false, a false sense of security with their financial uh, position or their retirement readiness. And that's uh, the income estimate that you might find on your 401k statement or in one of your retirement accounts. You know, thinking that that estimate is pretty accurate and it's going to give you a good idea of where you're headed. Why can that lead you down the wrong path? I think they can be certainly misleading. And most of the time, people don't even know where those numbers come from and what assumptions are built in, uh, like rate of returns and inflation and, and things like that. But, you know, thinking about retirement, the software is got to be pretty integral because you've got to incorporate state tax, federal tax, um, look at life expectancy, investment assumptions, you know, might be looking at different pension and social security timing options. Maybe your spouse has their own income or their own retirement plan and, and or different goals and or maybe leaving money behind for legacy purposes for your heirs and stuff like that is generally not going to be included on a 401k type of uh, calculator, if, if you will. So it's not to say that I don't want to say that it's misleading, but I, I kind of feel that it is. And I have never really gave it much weight. They're just not complex enough to really give you that much information. I really wouldn't even want to use it to like say, am I on the right path? Like, is this financial planning light? I would not even put it really in that category at the end of the day. Huh. So like, I guess because you don't even know if it's going to be more likely to be overestimating or under, underestimating, right? It, it could be on either side. Yeah. And I, I just think a lot of times it, I'd be really nervous that it's overestimating and just not understanding where those numbers come from. And this whole thing, retirement, is just such a dynamic thing. There's just so many variables at the end of the day. I don't know how you can just base it off of a, a statement and putting a couple numbers in there you can really skew calculations very easily by changing things by the smallest increment. And that can really be misleading. And um, I, I just think that it's just a little bit more complex of a uh, calculation to solve than with a simplified calculator. Yeah, I hear you. Well, if, if you are maybe concerned about your financial position right now, your retirement readiness, you know, reach out to a qualified professional that can help you with that and sit down and get a plan in place. And if you're in, you know, South Jersey, the Philly surrounding areas over there, 
you know, reach out to Anthony. He's got his office there in Cherry Hill. Cardinal Wealth Group will be happy to help you and sit down and look through your position and find out whether or not you have a false sense of hope or if you're in a really good position. Uh, either way, it's good to know for sure where you are and have a plan in place for getting to retirement confidently. You can find them online at cardinalwg.com or over the phone at 609-605-2808. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Time now to turn to the mailbag and close it out with a couple of questions from listeners we've gotten in, and you can always send them in through the website. We got our first one from Nancy. She writes, employees at my company have the opportunity to buy shares of stock in the company at a significant discount. Is this something I should take advantage of? I would say possibly. I don't know that I would get carried away with it uh, just because it's on a discount. It's very common for like a 5% uh, discount on the stock. Um, I'd want to understand too, if you're already getting matched with that stock, uh, in your 401k, if, if you have something like that, there's just a lot of, and I know personally from a client who had a million dollars of company stock with a, you know, well-known publicly traded company who left at the end of the day with less than $100,000 a few years later when he went to retire and yeah, owning just one stock at the end of the day. Uh, such a concentrated amount, plus you're already working there, which is some, you know, risk in itself. It's just something that you want to be mindful of. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with maybe having about 5% of your total investment nest egg there. Um, although that is concentrated, I understand people have this maybe feelings at times with their company that they feel like they know more about what's going on it um, than what they probably really do. But I would say 5% of your total account um, is okay at the end of the day. Okay. Thanks for that question, Nancy. The last one comes in from Cheryl, who writes, uh, Anthony, she says, my husband wants to pay off either our house or our rental property just so that we'll have something paid off. We have enough in our money market account to pay off one of them, but I prefer seeing a lot of money in that account just in case we need it for something. So who's right? Well, I I'd probably want to spend some time on understanding importance from both perspectives uh, with you at the, you know, from a, what's your end goal in mind. And then to just see number one, if there is a big mathematical difference for either outcome, right. And, you know, if there's not that much of a mathematical difference, then maybe it comes down to, you know, what makes the most sense from a compromise standpoint, because at the end of the day, you know, it's not uncommon for people, spouses to have different views on money. And if you're going to continue to live in the same household, you know, sometimes you can go in a decision in either direction, but a lot of times maybe a compromise needs to be made. And I don't know that it would be necessarily a right or wrong. It might just be more of uh, understanding what makes more sense from a financial standpoint. But then sometimes, you know, some people got the final vote at the end of the day and it doesn't matter. So it, it just depends. But yeah, I don't I don't know if it'd be right or wrong totally either. Do you get a lot of clients in your office, Anthony, they come in and, and you know, a couple that comes in with two completely different attitudes yes. or perspectives towards yes. money? <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> Sounds like it happens yes. a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely happens a lot. And again, I think we're all wired differently. My wife and I, we are wired, you know, differently when it comes to money. And I think a lot of that has to do with your upbringing. Um, I've read studies where people really have their ingrained, their view on money by like time that they're age like 12, right? And it just goes back to all the life lessons you're taught along the way. And it's just going to be hard 
to change those types of internal feelings over time. And so, yeah, I think compromises have to be made to try to make it work for, for both parties um, at the end of the day. And that definitely happens on a regular basis here. Compromise is the key, Cheryl, but uh, you want to sit down with a qualified professional and talk through uh, those different options and look and see how you want to handle that money and uh, get a more complete answer. And you can always do that with Anthony and his team at Cardinal Wealth Group. But feel free to send in any questions you have like Nancy and Cheryl did. For this episode of All Things Retirement, you can find us online at cardinalwg.com along with past episodes of the show. And of course, if you log on, you'll see the very front page. There's a uh, tax-free retirement toolkit, how to defuse the, the, the tax time bomb that you might have coming down the road. Tax planning is very important for your retirement. And there's this rescue kit that can help you with that right now. And you can request that for free. Anthony and this team will get it to you that way. And it'll be a very, very valuable resource for you to, uh, to read through and look through. So Anthony, we'll close out the conversation on that note. I appreciate the time today and uh, take care. And we'll talk to you again pretty soon. So much, Ben. Have a great day. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.